Welcome to the State Historical Society of North Dakota's podcasts. What follows is part two of a 2004 interview with Dr. Stanley A. Ayler from the Paleocultural Research Group regarding the findings of the Scattered Village investigations. In June 1998, the remains of Scattered Village were unexpectedly encountered in a federally supported street renovation project on First Street Northeast in the city of Mandan. This discovery led to an emergency salvage program involving fieldwork, laboratory analysis, and technical reporting funded jointly by the city of Mandan and federal dollars through the North Dakota Department of Transportation. Well, there are always some exciting things that happen in the field that are, you know, they're, they're amazing things that we see in the ground and they reveal themselves in, in some way at that moment. And, and one was this burned lodge that, uh, that had burned artifacts on the floor. And, you know, that event is, is captured there. You see, the, you see a, what, what must have been a, a very uh, intense moment when that house burned. We, we burned the house experimentally a few years ago. Several archaeologists burned a, a full-size earth lodge that had been reconstructed. And, and then we documented, you know, with video and various ways uh, what what took place, but just watching that happen was a tremendous. It's it's like burning a modern house. I mean, there's a huge amount of wood in it, and tremendous heat, high temperatures, and and it all comes down very rapidly. And what we found in that lodge was was among other things, we found a cluster of, of whole pots that had been on the floor of the house. They were probably sitting in a in a slight depression in the floor that kept them from rolling around, and they kind of leaned against each other, I imagine, and. And those pots were first crushed and then melted. The fire was so hot that it melted them. And we, in the field, we found this layer of potsherds and all distorted and very difficult to understand. But it was a very dramatic signal of exactly what happened in terms of the intensity. We found burned farming tools, scapula hose and stone hammers and other kinds of things scattered across the floor. So it was, I mean, that was one of the dramatic things that you come across. But there are many other discoveries that happen in the lab, and I guess I, I'm as fascinated by those as, as the field. And that's more the detective work, you know, the, that's the, the other part of it that I find really fascinating. And um, I mean, putting together the story of the antler, antler bracelets, for example, is something that happened over the course of two or three years of studying all the artifacts. And we have to isolate those things, we have to compare them and put the picture together. and. And it wasn't, um, I mean, that's a story about something they did at that village that we didn't have any inkling of beforehand. And so that, then that comes out slowly. But it's quite interesting. We have other kind of sudden dramatic things that happen in the lab that, you know, not, not necessarily as soon as we get back here, but um, we found a, an oval pot and a very unusual shape pottery vessel that I've never seen one like it. Um, we discovered this in the field. It was on the on the roof of one of the other lodges that burned, and it fell down with when the roof collapsed, and broke into a lot of pieces. And uh, we just gathered them and screened all this and brought it back in the field. We didn't recognize it for what it was. Uh, as anything unusual, we do find lots of broken pottery. But uh, anyway, two years into our three-year lab work process, I, we uh, we had a a number of students who volunteered to put pottery back together. And uh, 
a student here was doing that and, and rebuilt and was re-gluing this pot. And I came along, you know, this took several days to do, and I came along one day and realized this was, this was not a pot like any that I'd ever seen. And I, you know, it's boat-shaped and oval and very well made and very unusual, and I have no idea why it's made this way. But um, anyway, that's a discovery that happened well along in lab work and just kind of a surprise. I mean, what is this? What is this tremendous, unusual artifact? And, and also the question is, why is it made that way? It must have had some very special purpose. So those kind of things happen all through, and as well as the kind of unraveling the, the details of economy and farming and all those sort of things. One of our questions when we started the project, and we start, start with, we had very little lead time to formulate complicated questions. I mean, much of what we needed to learn about this was presented to us just by the discovery of the site. But we did learn immediately that there are traditions, both by Hadatsas and Mandans, of having a village at this spot. And so one of our fundamental questions was, is whose, whose site is this? I mean, who, who can we relate it to? Because these two tribes are, are distinct historically, have different histories and so on. And I mean, which tradition is correct, and can we tie it to a tradition? So this is a, a one of our, our base questions we, we went into the project with, and we worked on all through the project. And, and I was quite surprised that we did not get an answer to that. And uh, we learned that the material culture is very different from uh, known traditional Hadatsa sites at Knife River, for example, that were some of the immediate descendants of Hadatsa peoples who lived at night at Heart River where Scatter Village is and moved up there. So it's so different it couldn't doesn't seem like it could be uh, tied directly to those folks. But let me back you up just a second. Yeah. What you said a material culture? Material culture, the artifacts, so the whole the whole aggregate of of things that we were able to examine archaeologically, the pottery, the bone, the stone, the everything in, in aggregate. It's just the the hard preserved items that we're able to examine. And, but, you know, the other side of that investigation was to compare Scattered Village to known Mandan sites because there's several at Heart River. And, and we had just done a project at Slant Village nearby, not far away. And so that was our main comparison as a model for Mandan material culture. And we discovered that there, it's also very distinct. The stonemaking traditions are markedly different. And, the people that scattered came from a different background than the Mandans at, at Slant Village. And um, Scattered Village may be Mandan, but the, the really, if they are, the interesting, important thing is that the Mandans have many lineages. I mean, they're very, very diverse in their origins. And, and that also, and that thought relates well with traditions which describe lineages and, and subgroups and different migrations and all that sort of thing. So, you know, I think we were able to, to see for the first time that Scattered Village is quite distinct from other Mandan sites. It may be Mandan, but we're beginning to see how different these populations or uh, settlements might be from each other who ultimately came together you know, 100, 200 years later, and we recognize them as a single tribe. But uh, diverse origins and a, and a very complex pathway maybe to coming together as one tribal group.
Well, that concludes this episode on the Scattered Village Investigations. An exhibit on Scattered Village is on display at the Public Library in Mandan. As always, for more information on the State Historical Society of North Dakota, visit us at www.nd.gov HIST. In the meantime, visit us at the North Dakota Heritage Center or one of the 56 state historic sites we manage. Thanks for listening.